This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. My name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're here with us today as we're in this series called Change Before You Have To. And, and the thing is, is that we've been talking about over these last couple of weeks is that, you know, everybody loves the idea of change. We like, in our minds, we think, man, change would be so great. We, we can imagine ourselves already in a place where we've already changed and everything's going good, but the actual physicality of doing some change is very difficult for us. It's very difficult for us to make that change because we get stuck in, in our common routines and patterns and it's just easy just to stay in that spot and just kind of go down the flow and we can change because we have to we can get to a point in our life where you know we're we're about to be bankrupt or we're maybe we're in the hospital and we just had a heart attack and the doctor says you know what you've got to change at this point we can change because we have to or we can change before we have to and we believe that God has got some absolutely incredible things for your life and we need to make some changes in order to see those things happen in our lives in the first week we kind of dove in and we talked about the whole fact that, that that's exactly what God wants for our life. God doesn't want us to live an ordinary life or a, mo- a boring life or a mundane life. In fact, Jesus said, I've come to give you life, not just this normal life, but he said, I came to give you a life more abundantly. God wants us to have this abundance in life where we're above and not beneath and, and uh, uh, the head and not the tail. And God wants to do some incredible things inside of us. But a lot of us, we're living in this state of vulnerability or stability where, where we're, it's easy for us to be pushed. It's easy for us to be knocked over. It's easy for us to stay in the same routine, but that isn't the life that God intended for us to have. God intended for us to have this life of vitality where we're, it's just flowing out of us where we have more than enough. And so we talked about, man, how do we do that? And the second week, we kind of dove in and we gave some practical things. And we talked about the first thing that we have to do is we have to start to change our thinking. Because for the majority of us, the problem isn't the fact that we want to change and, and, and even the fact that, man, there's some, some things that we know we need to start thinking differently and doing differently. Those, those things we all know and we can do. The problem with a lot of us is that it's our old way of thinking. It keeps us caught up and back in the same patterns that we've always li- lived in. And so we talked about the fact that, man, we've got to start to change this old pattern of thinking in our lives. We've got to start to rid that thinking from us so we can walk into the purpose and plan that God has for our lives. And we got to start to change our stinking thinking. And last week, we talked about our purpose. We talked about the fact that, man, God has got an incredible purpose for your life. He's got an incredible plan for your life. But for the majority of us, we've just settled in wherever we are. And we just said, you know what, this is easy. We've kind of gotten to this rut. And instead of trying to break out of that rut, it's just easier to stay within it. And, and God doesn't want us to live that way. And we need to discover what our purpose is this year. And we need to make some changes gonna, that are gonna take us towards our future and what that looks like. And we talked about that we can look at three different areas of our lives and really they'll help narrow the focus of what God really wants to do with us. And we talked about the fact that each one of us have some core values. We have some things that, that we hold steady to that we're like, man, my life is built upon these things. And, and we said, man, we need to figure out what those are and we need to list those things out. And then we need to look at the gifts and the talents that God's given us. We need to take those gifts and those talents and say, man, God, how have you gifted me and how have you equipped me? And then we look at our unique experiences, which are unique to you, which are unique to me. And as we look at those three things, there's like a sweet spot that's right there where all of those things come together and there's this an explosion that's just like, that's what you were meant to do. You're doing exactly this because all of those things work together to create 
this, this prime location for your life. And we started out last week talking about this whole idea that in life, everybody ends up somewhere. All of us end up somewhere. I mean, whether we like it or not, we're going to end up somewhere. For some of us, that's going to be somewhere really good. For some of us, that's going to be somewhere really bad. But very few of us end up somewhere on purpose. Very few of us end up somewhere on purpose. And most of us are ending up somewhere just by that's what the wind blew that day and that's where we ended up. Or that's what circumstances kind of dictated in that moment. And so that's, that's what it is. Or, or it just happened to be, we just, it was, for some of you, it was the right place, right time. You know what I'm saying? Like you ran into that girl or you ran into that guy. Hey, man, we are lucky. But for the vast majority of us, when it comes to our finances, which is what we're going to talk about today. So I know everybody's like so excited about that. I could tell exactly when, when Craig said that in his prayer, like everybody just, the breath went in t- out of everybody's, out of everybody's lungs, they're just like, man, this is going to suck. He's talking about my money. But for the vast majority of us, most of us end up in a hole, financially speaking. Financially speaking, we end up in a hole. And, and, and that isn't what I believe God really intended for us. In fact, I was looking through statistics uh, online and just different resources this week. And do you know that 75% of people in America live paycheck to paycheck? 75%, that means that like, man, if this month there isn't enough money, that month is gonna overwhelm you because there's nothing left over in the bank. The one that, the, the, the stat that got me the most is that this, at the age of 28, the average American has $66,000 in consumer credit card debt along with your car payment. Consumer debt, 66 grand. That's like, that's a lot. I mean, that, that, that should say something to us. That should, that should kind of blow our minds a little bit. The average, the average person has 16.7 credit cards. 16.7. Now I understand why all these dudes have these thick wallets that they're carrying around all the time because you got to fit like 17 credit cards up into that mug. 17. I didn't even know there were that many credit cards available. Apparently y'all have found them, but here, here's the one that, that got me, that just kind of put me over the top. Last year in Japan, the average Japanese person saved 18% of their income. You wanna know what that percentage is in America? Negative 2.2%. We are special. We're the only nation that can go negative into savings. I didn't even know that was possible, but we've somehow accomplished it as a society. Like that should grab hold of us and say, man, we need to change before we have to. Because a lot of us, and I'm gonna guess, because these are national stats, that those stats identify with a lot of us in this room. Because you're saying, man, I got, I got that kind of debt. Man, I'm, I'm facing those financial hardships today. I'm struggling in my marriage because we can't communicate about money because we don't have any. And every day it's a, we're on top of one another and just, you know, just going crazy. And I understand the financial hardships, man, I, I really do. I really do. And, and we're not set up in society. We're not taught how to do this stuff. I mean, when you go to college, what's the first thing they do when you go to college? They set you up with a credit card. After I registered for college, the next thing they registered me for was for a credit card. 
And they don't give you like financial management classes. They tell you, sign up for this credit card and we'll give you a t-shirt of your favorite school. And maybe we'll even put that logo on your credit card so you'll feel good about being an owl or a gator. Or if you're really spiritual, like a fighting Irish person, you know, so. Notre Dame, yeah. But we're set up to, to fail because we've had no financial background. And, and I've experienced it myself. When I was 21 years old, the, the first year, right after Shayla and I got married, we went to school. And we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma doesn't have a lot to do. Um, it's Oklahoma. So there's pretty much a self-explanatory. So we were going to school and we were working full-time and we didn't know anybody. We were bored. And so we just started, we're like, man, well, let's, let's go shopping, you know, and my love language is shoes. So like anytime you can, you can speak my love language and that's buying me shoes, like, man, I'm there, I'm, I'm sold out. And so we would go and we would buy shoes and, and we would go. And I remember we bought a big screen TV and, and within a year, I don't even remember what all we bought besides shoes and a big screen TV. We had racked up $25,000 in credit card debt. That's one year. Like we're, I've become like an expert in debt and how to get in debt. But I've also learned a lot about how to get out of debt. And I've learned that our financial future is, is something that's so critical to us. And I know a lot of people don't think that this is a very spiritual subject, but I wanna tell you something. Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. So that means, and that tells me that Jesus thought that our money and our finances were very important to our spiritual walk. They're very important to the, the, li the life of, that's going on inside of us. And he said, man, where your money is, that's where your heart is. And so our heart follows our money. And so if we're finding ourselves in debt and we're finding all this chaos in our life when it comes to our finances, you know what that means? That means a lot of us for our, for our spiritual life, it's probably in chaos as well. And so instead of changing further down the road because we have a bankruptcy or we have a failed marriage or, or we didn't make a good decision, why don't we change before we have to? And why don't we look at our lives and ask ourselves some questions and say, you know what, maybe this is a problem that I have. Maybe this is something that you're struggling with. And I wanna help you identify that a little bit today. And then I wanna give you some, some really quick practical tips because again, we're talking about practical Christianity. Like how does this actually work in my life? And we can't cover all of it. So I'm just gonna kind of inspire you to go do something today. So uh, if you're looking for all the solutions today, it's not gonna be here. But today is a starting point which I believe is what every weekend should be. It should be a starting point to you taking some action in your life. And so the first thing that I would ask you to, to, to discover if, if you need to change before you have to is this, is what is your financial vision for your life? What is your financial vision for your life? Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. When we don't have any idea of where we're going in our finances, you know what happens? That area of our life dies. It perishes, it, it disintegrates, it, it goes. And for a lot of us, we don't have any vision. It's, it's I'm gonna make some money and I'm gonna spend that money. That's our vision. And for a lot of us, it's I'm gonna spend more money than I made. So what is your vision? I encourage you to seek God and say, God, what is your vision for my finances? What do you want to see happen in my finances? Because for a lot of us, we find ourselves in a place that we don't even recognize that we're, where we're going. We don't have a clue as to the direction of our life when it comes to our finances. In fact, if I was going on a road trip to Jacksonville and I was driving and every road sign that I saw said Key West, what would y'all tell me? 
turn around in the most loving, sweetest way. I'm gonna tell you something for a lot of you guys in your finances today, y'all need to turn around. You need, to, you need to wake up. You need to change before you have to because a lot of us, we're going in the wrong direction and we're just ignoring all the signs and we're just thinking, man, I'm, eventually I'm gonna get to Jacksonville. You know what? Eventually, if you can swim and you can speak uh, Spanish and Portuguese and you can go through the South Pole and the North Pole and come back down through the Northeast, you will eventually get to Jacksonville. That's just a, it's just a backwards way of getting there when there's a much easier way. And today, some of us need to look and we need to ask ourselves, you know, where are we going? What does it look like for us to change? And I want to challenge you, you know, write down your financial vision. Write down what does that look like for you. You know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago that the mantra that Shayla and I have lived by is the, the clearer the vision we have, the fewer the options that are going to be out there, the easier the decision we're going to make. And if you don't have any clarity in your vision, then you know what you ended up doing? You end up settling for every option. And because we don't have any clarity, we're settling for everything that's out there instead of settling for the things that God has for us. We're trying to live somebody else's vision for their life. We're starting, trying to live somebody else's uh, purpose for their life instead of living out the purpose that God has for us because we've never sought what his purpose is in our life. And I know all about go, going to debt. Like you heard, I had 25 grand of debt. And let me just tell you something, Shayla and I worked ourselves out of that in a year and a half. You know what? And because we didn't have a vision for our life, you know what our vision was? Our vision was to get out of debt. You know what happened when we, when we got out of debt because we had no vision? We went right back into it. Yeah, it's, it's funny on that, on that side. It's not funny on this side because you work and you do all those things, but because you don't have any direction for where you're going, if you don't have any direction, you know where you'll just keep doing, you'll just keep going in circles. You just keep repeating the same things over and over again and think, man, this is really smart. And a lot of us, that's what we're doing. We're just going around and around and around and around. And let me tell you something, when you start getting a vision for your life, when you start looking at those values and saying, you know what, those values that we were talking about last week, we started applying those to our finances and saying, man, I value ministry, I value generosity, I value those things, I value being able to work with my wife. You'll start making decisions based on those things like we do in our personal lives, like we do as a church. We, we make decisions based on values, not emotional desires. Because I don't know if you've realized this or not, but your emotions will lie to you every single day. They'll tell you things that you need that you don't really need because you're trying to fulfill a void in your life that that thing is never gonna fill anyways. And so what, what'll happen is, is you'll decide, man, one of the values that we have is we value ministry. We value generosity. And so we started looking at our lives and we realized before we moved here, you know, we had a, we had a very good life. And uh, I remember right before we moved, we had just built our dream home is uh, almost 2,700 square feet. It's beautiful, three-car garage. I was so excited, three-car garage. Every guy, that's like heaven on earth um, to have a three-car garage. And, and all of a sudden we heard that, man, we're supposed to move to South Florida and plant a church. And you know what that meant? That meant we we're gonna have to change some of the things of the direction of our life. And so we started making a plan. And our plan was that within three and a half years that, to four years that Shayla would be able to quit her job and be able to volunteer full-time at a church that we were gonna start. And so that meant we were gonna have to change how we were spending some of our money. We were gonna have to get a vision for that on top of the vision and value of generosity, which we've always committed to give 10 to 20% of our income away. That's just one of the values that we have as a couple. And so we moved here, we downsized. 
we moved into a 2,000 square foot house. And, and as time went on, we realized that that wasn't gonna make our, our plans. So you know what that meant for our vision, for our future? We downsized again to a 1,500 square foot house. Then we downsized again to an 1,100 square foot house to, to the point where we could eventually afford for her not to work and live solely, completely based on my income. And because we never wanted to be a burden on the church, we raised all that income because we valued setting up our church to win. And as we got that vision and we got that plan, we worked that plan. Same thing is true with, with how we work our giving here. You know, one of the reasons we don't ever stand up here and ask you to give is because you wanna know why? Because we already have a plan for it and we have a vision for it and we set it out way in advance. So that way we know exactly what we're giving to way before we ever get to that point. In fact, I was talking to a, a missionary organization that actually Ben Rogers, who was here a couple weeks ago, we were talking to him about planting churches in Africa. And he said, man, I, I'd really love for you guys to be a, a, a part of that. And we looked at our finances and we said, you know what? Because we have a vision for our future and we know where we're going, we're able to commit to you in 2014 to do that. Because we know where we're going. We know what our values are. And we make decisions based on those things. And here's the thing. You need to discover what the vision and values are for your life when it comes to your finances. You need to get the, and develop your own vision and live according to that vision. And so my question is, is, is what is your financial vision? My second question to you is, is, what is your financial plan? Because having a vision is great. Like this is where I wanna end up, but what is the plan to get there? Proverbs 21.5, it says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. See, your plan is leading you to whatever result you're getting right now. And if you don't like the results of the plan of what you're getting right now, that means you need to change your plan. You need to change your plan because your life is set up to get exactly what you're getting right now. I know some of y'all are processing that right now and you're like, well, no, it's not. Yes, it is. That's why you keep getting what you get. But if you get a plan and you start to work that plan, it will change everything. It will change everything in your life. That's why you got to put feet to your vision. You got to go use the B word in your life. Budgets. You got to know where your money's going. You gotta understand, you gotta, you gotta put a name to it. Because otherwise, man, it just goes away. Have you ever noticed that? Like money burns a hole in your pocket, like it disappears instantaneously. You're like, where did that just go? We gotta have a plan for it. You know, Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans lack or plans fail for a lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. My advice to, to all of us is get, is get some help. That's what we did. We went and got help. We went and sat down with somebody that was much wiser, that had money and was where we wanted to be in life. And we started asking, how do we make this practical for us? What are some steps that we can take? And I wanna encourage you, you know what? We offer great connect groups that, that have financial things. We have financial planners in our church. We have accountants in our church that would love to sit down with you and help you get a plan for your life. Don't go through life and not have a plan because here's where a lot of us are and this is how Jesus is gonna look at us and this is what he's gonna say to us. It comes out of Luke uh, chapter 16 and it's verses one and two and it says, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? 
Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer. See, what a lot of us have failed to realize in life is that when God gives us all this stuff, it isn't so that we can own it. This isn't our stuff. God has called us not to be an owner, but a manager. And a lot of us think, man, well, this is my job. This is my car. These are my, this is my finances. These are, it's not. He's called us to be a manager or a steward of those things. And the, the reason we get all that stuff jacked up is because we think it's ours and then we waste it away. And then he looks at our life and says, man, I'm gonna have to take those things away because you're not taking care of them properly. And so how do we change before we have to? What is, what is the practical aspect of this? And I think number one is this, is that you and I, we've got to develop a vision and we've got to develop a plan for giving. Because this is the one thing that I've discovered about uh, my life is that if I don't plan to put God first, you know where he ends up? He ends up last. That's why Jesus himself said it's better for us to give than to receive. He was trying to instill this principle that, man, it's about putting God first a lot in our life. In every single aspect, a lot of us, we put Visa first, or we put MasterCard first, or we put Wells Fargo, our home mortgage first. We put all these things first, and God's saying, man, if you'll trust me, and you'll make a plan to put me first in your life, I'll take care of the rest. And we've said all along, well, I mean, we've said it multiple times, you know what, we'll even, we'll even challenge you on it as a church. Listen, if you, if you go and you start trusting God, and you say, God, I'm gonna put you first, I believe that God will do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. And so what we've said, and, and I'll continue to say it because I don't care. I'll, I'll test God in this every single day because it says in his word, man, test me in this and see if I won't show myself. And that's this, man. You trust God and you start putting your finances in God and you don't see your relationship with God increase. You don't see your finances start to get more in order. You don't start to see those things start to happen in your life. All that money 90 days later if, that you've given, if it doesn't work, man, we'll give it all back to you. Because I know It works. I know it works when we start trusting God that we see God move in our lives because he says, you know what? This is somebody I can trust with more. But when we consume it all and we waste it all, you know what he says? He says, you know what? That's not somebody I can trust with anymore. Because why? They're bad at the management. And when we realize that, man, we need to, we need to manage that. We need to use those resources. We need to do great things with them. Man, it will radically change your life. And let me just tell you this, man, that, that 10% that everybody talks about in church, you've all heard that number, that's just the beginning. The real joy comes when you have enough margin in your life that you can give way more than that. But this is what I've discovered is that God just wants you to start somewhere. Maybe you can't start there. Maybe you're like, man, that's crazy. You start somewhere, but you put it in your plan. You either fail to plan or plan to fail. In your finances, this is one area where, man, we've got to set it up. We've got to start it. And we've got to just make that a priority in our life. Second thing we have to do is we have to develop a vision and a plan for debt elimination. We have to develop a vision and a plan for debt elimination. Proverbs 22, 7 says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the, letter, to the lender. Circle the word servant there. It's a, it's a, it's a Hebrew word and it really, literally means, it means to be in bondage or to be enslaved. Every time, you know, these, 
these credit cards come in the mail. I, I think about this because this is my favorite credit card ad in the entire world. I love watching uh, credit card ads. I think they're hilarious. I think they're even funnier when they come to my, my mailbox because you get about 475 of them a day. They have the, the most money to spend on marketing of any industry that's out there. But my favorite one is the Chase Freedom Card. Chase Freedom. It's such an appropriate name because every time you spend that, something on that card, you're gonna be chasing freedom for the rest of your life because you're gonna be in bondage. Like it should mess us up thinking about that we can be enslaved to somebody else. Like I don't know about you, but we live in a free country, but a lot of us enslave ourselves intentionally. We're the only people that will go in and lock ourselves up and say, here you go. The only way you can get from being enslaved is to realize what the cost is. And so every time, you know, Shayla and I were out this, this, this week and we, we if, you, if you haven't realized anything, I love shoes. Um, if you, you know, people joke all the time that I have more shoes than my wife. It's, it's definitely my downfall in life. You know, my love language is golf and then my other one is shoes. And if you were to combine those, that's amazing. Golf shoes, can't beat those. But, uh, but we were out and, and I love Kohan. It's, it's like my, my brand, I love it. it. They're amazing. They're way more expensive than I can ever afford. And so I just go and lust after them. And, um, and so we were at a store uh, just the other day and, and I saw these pair of Kohans and I was like, man, I just want these so bad. You know, and, you know, of course, then they showed that it's on sale and all of those things. And you start thinking, well, I could justify this purchase. Like, you know what? I can do this. It's not that big of a deal. We, we uh, finance it. We do that. It's not, you know, it's, what is $70? You know, we can pay that off. But you know what happens? All of a sudden you become enslaved. You realize that, you know what? The slavery that comes from that is something that I can't afford to have in my life. And the only way you're gonna break out of this debt elimination thing is to understand where you're spending your money, to understand where your money is going. And if you ever want to like really understand where your money is going, sign up for like mint.com. It's something we did a few years back and you'll be completely depressed because you'll realize that you are spending money on frivolous stuff all the time. And what you'll realize is that, you know what, the amount of money that you're making isn't the problem. It's the amount of money that you're spending that's the problem. And there's only two solutions to, to change that. You can make more money or you can spend less money. Most of us would all like to make more money. Is there anybody in here that does not wanna make more money? I didn't figure there would be anybody raising their hand. Everybody wants to make more money. It's kind of like that commercial, do you want more? You know, asking every kid, is two better than one? Of course it is. Is $2 better than $1? Yes. But we need to start realizing that we gotta get crazy in life if we're gonna make some changes. In fact, my, my solution to, to debt elimination is to get crazy. And so, you know, you need to get a crazy attitude. You get some crazy attitude. When, you're, when debt becomes worse than the stuff that you want, that's when you start to get a crazy attitude because you start looking at stuff like those shoes and say, get behind me, Satan, because that's what they are to you. Because your vision for your life isn't to have more stuff. Your vision for life is to be free. And a lot of us, we need to get a vision for our life to be free. And when we get a vision for our life to be free, then all of a sudden we'll start taking on some crazy actions. 
Like I'm talking about cray-cray actions, like going above and beyond crazy. In fact, I, I have like a, a chart, you know, because I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey and, and I love um, the debt snowball idea, but I just took like an average 24-year-old and I just made up some numbers or whatever. Average 24-year-old is probably about 30 grand in debt. Um, his payments per month are about $857 minimum payments. If, if he were to make those payments um, and sometimes pay a little bit more on some different things, like it would take him 15 plus years to pay off his debt. That's half of the average 28-year-old. 15 years. That's a long time to be enslaved to somebody. In fact, you look at that, only 37.7% of the money that you spend per month is actually paying down your debt. And if you were to look at the biggest, the biggest one, the eight grand there where you're getting 28.99% because you missed the payment one month, you're paying $6 down in principal. If you were just to pay the minimum payment on that debt right there, to pay that debt off, it would take you over 113 years. That's a long time to be enslaved. But here's the thing, if you were to get crazy and you were to say, you know what, this month, and, and for, the, for until I get rid of all this stuff, I'm gonna cut out my cable bill. I'm, we're not gonna have cable anymore. We're not gonna be able to watch, um, you know, um, real life on MTV or Desperate Housewives or, you know, whatever else is, I don't even know what's on TV. And we're not gonna be able to watch that because we don't have cable anymore. And you were to add $50 to just the first one, the doctor bill, and you were to apply to that bill. And, and as you paid these things off, you just apply to the next bill. So that first doctor bill would take you like two months, two and a months and a week to pay off. And then you would take that money and roll it down to the second doctor bill. And it would take you three or four months to pay that off. And you'd pay that off. And all of a sudden you'd have $200 to pay off the hospital. You know what you would reduce that 15 years down to? You'd reduce it down to five years. And then if you were to get super crazy and you were to like say, I'm not gonna go like shoe shopping every month. And, and so you would have a, $150 to pay on that first one and it would go even faster. You'd pay it off in 50 months, a little over four years. So you just went from 15 to four. And then if you were to get cray, 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 like you're going extreme. Like now it's, it's no Starbucks cable or shoe shopping like you just went insane straight up they might put you in a sane asylum you cut it down to 40 months a little over three years three years instead of 15 years and if you were to look at that and you were to realize that if you were to do this and then at the end of that third year you would have just take that money and put it in the bank do you know what at the end of that fourth year how much money you would have in the bank you'd have over twelve thousand dollars in the bank how many of y'all could do some crazy stuff with some $12,000? That's like a new smart car. Here's, here's even better. What if you were to take that money and you were just to invest it for, for what you would have paid instead of in taking it and spending it, which is what 99.9% .9 of us would do, you were to take it and just invest it for the next 12 years. I'd say a, a really cheap interest rate. Let's say like 5% because that's really 5% interest. I mean, pretty much you can earn that anywhere. You'd have over $192,000 in the bank 15 years later. And then you know what you do? You get crazy and you celebrate. And you know what? You can go celebrate any way you want because you got 192 grand in the bank. How many options in life do you have at that point? He had a really, really wise mentor who told me all the time, no money, no options. Money in the bank, 
lots of options. And a lot of us, man, we need to, we need to get some money in the bank, get crazy about this area of finances in our life, develop this, this plan for giving, develop this plan for debt elimination, but more than anything, we need to develop a, a vision and a plan for our future. We just say, you know what? I want to go someplace in life. And I don't want to stay right here. Proverbs 21, 20 says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. You want to know why the wealth have, the wise have wealth and luxury? Because they don't spend everything that they get. I hear so often from, from people, they see wealthy people and they say, oh man, they're just cheap. No, they're wise. They don't spend everything they get. They have a plan for their future and they work the plan. And so what's your plan for the future? Do you have a plan to send your kids to college? Paid for. What's your plan for the future when it comes to your retirement? Do you plan on working for the rest of your life? I have parents that are almost 70 years old today because they never plan for the future. You know what they're gonna do for the rest of their life? They're gonna work because they didn't make a plan. Let's not, let's not go through life and do that. Let's get a plan for our future. Man, I have, I have a plan to be able to take a vacation. You know what I do? I plan for it. You have a plan to take a va vacation? Are you gonna use a credit card or are you gonna plan for it? What are we gonna do? We're just gonna continue going down the same path that we've been going. And listen, I know that this isn't like a rah-rah feel real good message because it's like, oh man, I'm so inspired to go do this. But this is what we need to hear. We need a dose of reality. Because we're going the wrong direction. Malachi tells us to write the plan and make it plain on tablets so we can see it and run to it. You know what I want you to do? I want you to write down your vision and your plans for your future financially. So you can see it and run to it every single day. So every day when you're going to leave your house, you say, you know what? This is where I'm going in life. This is why I go to my job. Because a lot of you guys, you don't even know why you go to your job. You think it's to pay your bills. No, it needs to be to work your plan. It needs to be to seize the opportunities. And here's what I know is that a lot of us are missing out on the things that God has for our lives because we haven't had this plan. And so an opportunity arises for us to do something great for God. You know, we see a need and we're like, man, I should meet that need. But because we have no margin in our lives, because we have no 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 gap there in our finances where we're living paycheck to paycheck. We can't meet that need and we miss out on this divine opportunity that God had for us. Or maybe God is calling you to move and to do something that's gonna cost you financially. You're not gonna be able to work for a period of time. Maybe you're called to go overseas or maybe you're, you're called to, to do some volunteer work and that's gonna take away from your work work. But because you've never built that in your life, because you've never had a plan, you're missing that opportunity right now. Listen, we can't change yesterday, but we can change tomorrow. And the change tomorrow starts with our plan today. It starts with the decision that we make today. Because our direction and not our intention determines our destination. Man, I have the greatest plans to be rich, but if I don't ever put some money away, I'm probably never gonna get there. 
So let's take this intention and let's move it to practicality. Let's walk it out. And let's watch God change our financial futures and enable us to fulfill that purpose and plan that we talked about yesterday or last week because I believe that God wants to do that in you, but you've got to be good at this area of your life. Because if you slack, then we're gonna miss out. We're gonna miss the divine moment. We're gonna miss the divine opportunity. We're not gonna be able to seize the day that God has for us. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.